the same Ruach HaKodesh, but just a different flow. Oh, it's so nice to be here and to be able to share with you. You know, this is the first time I think I have, uh, I have shared or, or spoken since I retired, I guess. I guess that you can call that retirement. And so it's so good. It's such a privilege to just to be here and to be able to share with you. And, and I want to talk on some... And I, did, I did speak on this particular passage in the past, but I felt compelled because I think, to speak on it again because I think it's a really important concept, important passage of Scripture that is about building a strong foundation. Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 29. Tzor Yisrael. How many of you know what that means? Tzor Yisrael means rock of Israel. And we are called to build our faith and our foundation upon the rock of Israel. Now, Surah Yisrael has a lot of meaning. And when you go back to the Constitution, or actually not the Constitution, but the De Declaration of Independence of the State of Israel, there was a big argument. And they were trying to decide whether or not they should include the word God in the Declaration. And of course, the religious leaders at that point really wanted them to include not only God, but they wanted them to include the Rock of Israel, the Redeemer. And so there was a lot of controversy. And there were those who opposed that. And Ben Gurion sat down with them and spent hours. And finally, finally they were able to agree on the Rock of Israel. And who is the Rock of Israel? Yes, the God of Israel, Hashem, Yeshua. Yeshua is that bedrock. I remember when I was living in Illinois, and I was in just starting a new school, and I went in to, you know, the principal asked me to come in. He says, come on in, have a seat. And then he showed me this file, my file. Because <laughs> I had just transferred uh, at, at that time from Washington State. And he said, started going through my history. You know, I'd been kicked out of school a few times and you know, all this kind of stuff. Nothing super bad. You know, like smoking. No, no, I didn't murder anyone. Don't worry about that smoking or I, you know, I, I would, in fact, I got suspended once for skipping school. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You skip school and they, they, uh, they suspend you. <laughs> I always got a chuckle at that as well. So as he's going through, he says, he says, you know what? I think, I think, you know, you should, you know, just get out of school. He says, I'll help you. I've got a get out of school card and I'm going to give it to you. And you can just get out of school. You won't have to come back. And he said to me, he goes, the only thing you'll be 
is a construction worker. Nothing wrong with construction workers. But he said, that's the only thing you're going to be. Nothing else. And I thought to myself, I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm going to prove him wrong. And, and I did. And I started to apply myself. And I started to get better grades. Yeah, that's what happens when you apply yourself. Started listening in class. Stopped skipping school. And you know, eventually I did go to college. Uh, I ended up, of course, finally going to seminary and then to, to PT school, earning a doctorate. But you know what? When I began to think about those words, I began to realize he was right. He was right. I am called to be a construction worker. I am called to be a builder. And each one of us is called to be a builder, to be a construction worker. The question we need to ask ourselves is, what kind of builder am I? And I have, to, we, I have to ask myself that question as well. What kind of builder am I? Yes, we're all called to be builders. We can be wise builders. We can build on a firm foundation. Or we can be builders that build on a few, uh, flimsy construction. And Ryan knows what I'm talking about, right? Isn't Ryan one of our... He does a lot of construction. And you know what? There's big money in construction. Not only that, there are actually courses you can take and certificates you can get and degrees. And there's so much goes into that whole concept of design. You know, being an architect, and Arnie's an architect. Understand that building, is, it, it's, it involves a lot. It's not just this simple thing of, you know, just you know, taking a hammer and nails and hammering in on some boards or, or putting in some plywood. A lot has to go through. There's a lot of thinking. There's a, lot, there's a whole process is, in, is involved. And here in the passage, Yeshua says in Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 29, he says this, So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, acts on them will be like a sensible man who built his house on a rock, bedrock. The rain fell, the rivers flooded, the winds blew and beat against the house, but it didn't collapse because its foundation was on a rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a stupid man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the rivers flooded, the wind blew and beat against the house and it collapsed. And it collapse was horrendous. When Yeshua had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at the way he taught. For he was not instructing them like their Torah teachers, but as one who had authority himself. Yeshua at this point is challenging his Talmudim. And, you know, the whole period of the sermon where he was speaking to them. And he was wanted them to understand and recognize the importance of the kingdom of God. The importance of implementing his word in order to build that kingdom. 
we look at this chapter, it's important to also recognize that Yeshua knew something about building a house. You know, he wasn't just kind of talking these, these esoteric concepts. He didn't say, well, you know, I'm going to talk about building. He was talking from practical experience. Because as we know, he went into his father's business. Yes, he did go into his heavenly father's business, but he also went into his earthly father's business. And that was building, construction, being a carpenter. So when we hear these words, we know these are words of, a, of, of someone who understood what it meant to build a house, understood the different types of foundations, understood how to lay those bricks, to lay that foundation and make it solid, or to find the right soil or the right foundation to put a house upon. It wasn't theoretical. But it was practical. And here in this passage, he's, he's using a visual aid. He wants us to understand the concept of what it, what it means to really build on a solid foundation. And what it means to be someone who's foolish and builds build on a foundation that isn't quite as solid. There are certain characteristics of a wise builder. What are the characteristics of a wise builder? The wise builder is a good listener. Someone who hears. Now, the foolish person hears as well. But the wise person is a listener. And Yeshua says he will listen to these words of mine. He will listen to what I say. Kind of reminds me of the Shema. When he's saying, if you listen to these words, right? Listen to the words that I'm, I've been teaching you, I've been sharing with you, I've been talking to you about. And this is our most important prayer, the Shema. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Moses said these to the people of Israel when they were in the wilderness. And he wanted them to hear what? The commandments of God, the word of God. And here, Yeshua is the living word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And here, the living, breathing Torah is here speaking to them. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In the book of Mark, Mark tells a story of a Torah scholar who comes to Yeshua and asks him a question. Now, you know, Yeshua was inundated with questions. Every time he turned around, someone would ask him a question. Every minute, people were following him whether it was the religious leaders, whether it was his disciples, whether it was someone from the crowd, they would ask him questions. Sometimes the questions, you know, they were looking for answers, but other times they were looking to question him 
to challenge him, to attack. But here this young man was observing how Yeshua would handle those questions. And so he comes up to him and he says, and it continues, it says, one of the Torah scholars came and heard him debating. Seeing that Yeshua had answered them well, he asked them, which commandment is first of all? And Yeshua answered, the first is Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love Adonai with your, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbors yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well, said teacher, well said teacher, the Torah scholar said to him, you've spoken the truth that is Echad, and besides him there is no other and to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the strength, and to love the neighbor as oneself is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Yeshua saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared any longer to question him. Yeshua was about his father's business. Yeshua was about the kingdom of God. And Yeshua describes the wise builder as someone who hears. And as I said, that connection in the Shema is so profound. And I believe the religious leaders understood when he was saying, if you hear, he hears my words, then he will build. It's probable that they related this to the Shema. Because that's what Moses was talking to the Israelites about, about hearing, hearing God, hearing. And when Yeshua was talking about my words, he was referencing what he had already spoken about on the Sermon on the Mount, in the Canaret, in the previous chapters prior to chapter 7, 5 through 7. This is actually the end of that sermon. And all of his words that he spoke were founded in the Torah and the prophets and the writings, which is why he emphasizes this. Do not think that I came to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or seraph shall ever pass away from the Torah until all things come to pass. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others the same shall be called least in the kingdom of God. But whoever keeps and teaches them, this one shall be called great in the kingdom of God. For I tell you that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees and Torah scribes, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Yes, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And as we continue to think about that, we need to think about the fact that Jesus said to this young man that we just spoke about, you're not far from the kingdom. If you're a true listener, if you truly hear, if you hear the word of God, if you hear, O Israel, if you hear Yeshua, if you hear his words, 
and you apply them in your life, then God, there will be a change. There will be difference. And by feasting and applying the word of God. So that's where, why it's so important for us to spend time in the word, hearing the word. Even during the Torah session, the Torah time that we have, hearing the word of God in our daily quiet times, you know, in our, in our studies, it's important to hear the word. To be, that's the art of being a true lis listener. And that's the art of knowing how to reflect the word of God. And you can also recognize that Yeshua said this, so in all things do unto others what you would want them to do, for this is the Torah and the prophets. What is it about? It's about doing. Yes, it's about loving God first, but it's about loving your neighbors yourself. It's about applying that word in our lives. So it's not enough just to hear. We hear a lot. Some of us watch TV and maybe we'll watch, you know, different people that are, that are teaching or different sermons or maybe we'll listen to it on the radio. We hear all kinds of messages throughout the year. But the question is, is are we applying it? It's not enough to hear. We need to do. And the wise builder is not only one that hears, but he's one that does. In fact, many of us are educated well beyond our ability to being able to apply what we've heard. Do you follow that? <laughs> As I said, we hear all these messages. We study. I've been to seminary. Some of you have been. But it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. It doesn't matter what you know if you're not applying it in your life. It's about doing. The person who's a good builder is a person of action. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Yes, the wise builder is a person of action. Show me by your actions, not just your words. The word Shema means more than just to hear the words. It means to do them. If we truly listen to the words of Hashem, we will act on them. How many of you love it when you say to your son or your daughter and you say, would you go brush your teeth? And then they go upstairs and they brush their teeth. Will you clean your room? They go upstairs and they clean their room. How often does that happen? Isn't that, don't you cavell when that happens? Oftentimes I remember our kids, you know, you say go clean your room. They wouldn't go and clean their room. They'd go out and play or they'd go out and do something else play a video game or whatever. And then you have to go upstairs and say, okay, we need to clean our room. And sometimes walking into my son's room, I mean, you know, you're about, you know, you don't know how you survive just walking across the room. You know, it's just an obstacle course. But it's so wonderful when they listen. How do you think God feels when we hear his word and then we apply it to our lives? He cavells. It gives him joy. That's what God expects from us. That we hear his word and that we apply it. Those are the expectations that God has for you. The other thing about the builder is that he's sensible. 
because he builds his house on bedrock. How many of you know that the area of Thousand Oaks is, is actually bedrock? So, you know, in fact, there was a, you know, seismologists say that that's one of the safest places to build. And when the when 94 earthquake happened, you know, we felt it. But you know what? There was very little damage in the Thousand Oaks area, part of it that is bedrock. Well, you know, there are consequences to building on a solid foundation. There's consequences to not building, but there are also consequences to building. Because the trials will come in life. Life is full of storms. What, what are you going through today? What kind of storms are you facing? Is it financial? How many of you are just tired of the political storms <laughs> that we've been facing? You turn on the TV and all those storms. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, it's an emotional uh, roller coaster almost. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. Or you don't know if you're going to turn on the television or you're going to look on your phone and look at the news and it's going to say that there's another disaster. There's another terrorist attack. I mean, we had our own here close by at the borderline. So there's trials. Trials are going to come. Things are going to happen in our lives. Sometimes we're going to be out of work. And Arnie and I remember a time when both of us were out of work. <laughs> and we used to toast to employment. I remember that. Right, Arnie? <laughs> so trials are going to come. Changes are going to happen in our lives. How we, are we going to stand? Are we going to be able to be solid in our foundation? If we build on a solid foundation, it doesn't matter what happens. We're going to be able to stand. I love this picture. Here's this house out in the middle of nowhere built on a solid foundation. And you've you got to believe there's probably lots of storms that have come through. And it's there. It's solid. It stands. Why? Because it's on bedrock. See, the wise builder is resilient against the storms because he's built his house upon a rock. And that rock is Tzor Israel. That rock is the Messiah. That rock is Yeshua. And no matter what comes your way, no matter what happens, if your foundation is centered in Yeshua, you will be able to withstand the storms. You will be able to make it. Are you facing financial issues today? You know, I, I, I tell you, when I walk in like San Francisco or some of, the, some of the main cities now, and I see all the homeless, it just really gets my heart. It's really sad, all these tense cities. But if we have our faith in, the, in, the, in God, if we trust in him, we'll be able to be resilient against those storms. We'll stand. Now, the foolish person isn't going to able, is not going to be able to stand. What's the char characteristics of the foolish builder? He hears, but he doesn't heed. It just goes in one ear and goes out the other. He heeds not. He listens not. He ignores the word, the words of Messiah. His is, his, he builds his house on sand. And sandy concepts are concepts that are in opposition to the Torah, or the words of Messiah. 
They are contrary to the establishment of the kingdom. I'm just getting used to this, saying, hey, this is a little fun here. Okay, here's what I wanted to read. And, and here in Psalm 14:1, it says, Fools say in their hearts, there is no God. They deal corruptly. Their deeds are vile. Not one does what is right. So the consequences of building on... Oh, now it's not working. I'll just continue then. <laughs> Can you go to the next... Uh, well, we'll just hold on. The consequences of building on sand are that it's just not going not gonna to stand. When the storms come, when the rains come, when things come, the truth is that if you're building on sand, durability is limited. How many of you like the concept of durability? How do you like it when you buy a pair of jeans and it kind of lasts forever? Or you buy a pair of Echoes? How many of you ever worn Echoes? Boy, those things last. Durability, that's so important. And if we want to be durable, we need to have our faith in, in the Lord. We have to have our foundation in Him. Oh, there we go. Shua said, haven't you read in the Tanakh, the very rock which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This has come from Adonai, and in our eyes it is amaz amazing. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a kind of people that will produce fruit. And there he's talking about, if, you, if you're really not following the Lord, if you're not listening, if you're not building on a foundation, then it's, it's, it's going to be for naught. There are consequences to building on sand. Destiny is, is in jeopardy. It's, it's important to, 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 to understand that. So Yeshua said to us that we ought to be wise builders. We ought to build on a solid foundation. And here in these verses on the Sermon on the Mount, Messiah is urging his disciples to be more than just hearers of his word on the mountain, but be doers. And building is a process of doing an action, doing what is heard. Well, action is what Yeshua has in mind. He goes further and establishes it's not just enough to build or to act, but to be careful about the foundation that you build upon. There are two builders, one who builds on sand, the storms come, and the house didn't stand. The other one was built on a solid foundation. And when we think about that solid foundation, we realize that we're all partners. I don't think he's just talking about building a house. You know, like one house, a family, single family house. I think he's talking about building the community, building that solid foundation. I don't think he was myopic. We are all connected, we're all part of one another. We've been called to be builders, we're co workers. If we were God's co workers, you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me like a skilled master builder. And this is Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul saying this. I laid a foundation and another builds on it. 
but let each consider how carefully he built on it. For no one can lay any other foundation than what was laid, which is Yeshua, the Messiah. Yes, he is the foundation. He's the one that we ought to build upon. He's the one that we ought to put our faith in. He's the one that we ought to trust. The invitation that we have today is this. Let us build upon the foundation of Messiah. There's no greater foundation. On Messiah, the solid ground, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. This picture again is of that house out in the ocean. Or, I mean, well, not in the ocean, actually, but out, out in the water. And the storms are coming. And their storms are, are, are hitting it, but it stands because it's built on a strong foundation. Psalm 118.20 says, This is the gate of Adonai the righteous can enter in. I'm thanking you because you answered me. You became my salvation. The very rock that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And we read this on Passover and Sukkot and on other festivals, other holidays. It comes from the Hallel Psalms. For no one can lay any other foundation other than the one already laid, Sur Israel, the rock of Israel. So let's continue. You build on him, and let's build this structure. Let's build this community so that we'll be a strong community that will be serving Messiah and bringing about building the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for each and every person that you've brought here today that's here, that's part of your community, part of your family. Thank you for this family of Beth and I pray for your blessing upon each one here that you continue to build a solid, they continue to build on a solid foundation and that they would reflect you in their lives. In Yeshua's name we pray, amen. Guess we continue.